Hey guys, this is Carly. And this is Jade. Welcome to Mommy's Tell All. Today, we are going to talk with an amazing mother and author, KJ Delantonia. Jade, how, how's it going out there in good old Cali? You know, it's almost Memorial Day and it's beautiful here. So I'm very grateful for that. That's the best part about being in California. I feel like it's the lovely weather. Oh, yeah. Way better than it was in Kansas. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, you Kansas people, but we have like <laughs> tornadoes and stuff over over here. I mean, I grew up in the Midwest. I, I, you know, that was what I was raised in. And yeah, it's it's extremes. It's it's cold winters and hot summers. But Kansas City is pretty humid for um, their area. I definitely I definitely don't miss it. I feel like the last summer we were in Kansas City. Tanner, he was working, you know, so much and he would have Sundays off. And right, I swear so every, every Sunday in, in the summer, it would be a, a thunderstorm and it would just rain all day and we couldn't do anything. So I definitely, so sad. as much as like thunderstorms are beautiful, I don't miss that stage of our life because we would always want to go and do something and it was just rainy. And then you were just stuck. We are, do you have, I mean, it's weird to even say this, but do you have Memorial Day plans? I mean, usually people like, go to the lake or go to the beach or do something outdoorsy with like booze. I mean, I definitely think that's going to be still happening all over. I feel like people are wanting to celebrate and and be out and feel alive and um, embrace what the holiday is about. And, you know, people are going to want to go to, I don't know, like will cemeteries be open? Like Memorial Day, don't you go to like cemeteries? And like, I don't know. I don't know. Like if you like are remembering yeah, somebody, so. so um, they would have to be open, right? We, pro- you know, it's hard because like you want to go out and you want to like things are starting to open up and like the world's starting to feel a little bit more what I guess would be normal. And but it's still like so apprehensive. Like there's just like I feel a- apprehensive about everything. And um, right, the governor has like started started like stages of opening up California, and I feel like. Tanner and I will probably try to enjoy a hike if it's not too hot. We'll probably just barbecue. I mean, we have a pool, so we'll probably just barbecue in our backyard and chill and enjoy the weather. But um, I mean, for people who are out there who are going out, because there will be people out, obviously, it's like if everyone just like tries to socially distance and stay six feet away, I really don't see why not as we're trying to like recover from I feel like what's been so isolating for so many people it's hard it's hard to know what do you do I know it's such a weird it's such a weird thing because I feel like you know a lot of the times holidays you know they're a day off so they're spent like usually with like your buds you know hey let's all go let's all barbecue together let come over let's go to the lake let's go on the boat let's have a big picnic at the beach. You know, it's all like everyone wants to be together in this. It's like, oh gosh, should we, you know? If you think about why we started this in the first place, it was to try to try to prevent people from getting sick and hopefully not dying because the hospitals were going to be overwhelmed. So it's like, we still have to try to think of like those things, you know, like, are we going to like create something even worse if we just jump back into things soon? And it's just hard. It's just so hard. I know. It's like you hear things are open and, um, you know, you want to run out to them, but you shouldn't, <laughs> in my opinion. 
I know. I feel bad. Like I got a text from my friend the other day. I hope she's not listening to this. Oh, gosh. And it said, hey, do you want to go? The restaurants are open. Do you want to go on a double date? And I didn't even respond because I didn't know what to say. Because her husband posts a lot about like conspiracy theories. And, you know, I, I don't believe that this is anything and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Evan and I don't think that way. So, you know, saying something like, I I don't know. I just didn't know what to say. I didn't know if I should be like, um, no, we're just not ready for that yet. And then I think that's, you know, I think that's fine yeah. to say that. I think it's fine because, you know, we all have our own different opinions on, on the, the situation that's happening in the world. And we all have our own like personalities and we all can make our own decisions. And yes, there's been like, obviously like state ordered stay at home orders and like, right. you should, you know, you should be a good citizen and, and follow those. But also like when things start opening back up, then it's kind of like a personal choice on what you want to do. And so if you're not ready, I right. feel like that's absolutely fine. Like we all have our own decisions. And I feel like even if they're, even if they're like, oh, well, we're going to just resume life back co- completely to normal. Like we're right. fine. Like, it, you know, we're not afraid to do that. What's our, some people who say it's like our freedom, it's our right, then they can go and do that. But for you to say like, you don't want to, I feel like that's perfectly fine to just be like, hey, like I miss you so much, but you know, we're just not quite ready to start going out. Let's see like what a couple weeks looks like from now or something, you know? Yeah. No, you're right. I don't know. I, you know, I'm on this, I, we both hate like, I don't know, any type of like, not controversy, but like, I don't know, hurting people's feelings and like, and confrontation. I, just, I don't know. Yeah. I was like, yeah, like any type of confrontation or like, you're like, oh, I don't this know, is making awkward. people feel a certain way. Right. So I just didn't say anything, which probably is even worse. I don't know. People, Sometimes you just don't know what to do. People have to understand, like, this is such a weird time. Like if somebody's not getting back to you, it may not be because like they're purposely ignoring you. It just may be something like that. Like life is awkward. Like life is different. Yeah, and we awkward. all don't know what to do right now. We're all just trying to just get by. So I feel like she's got to understand. I know. Part of me just wanted to be like, can we Zoom dinner? <laughs> can we do a Zoom dinner? Yeah, why not? But then I was like, oh gosh, how's the conversation going to go? No, I'm scared. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I should I should message her back. I I love her dearly. I just didn't know what to say. I felt so uncomfortable. Anyway. <laughs> well, speaking of not like answering somebody, we have a great guest today. She's a journalist and author who has had great advice on parenting in general in these crazy times and she actually wrote an essay about how she's not answering her emails because <gasps> she's a You're right. She's a parent. Like when do we have time to answer yes. our emails? I mean, that is not the reason I didn't do it. But yes, I do agree with everything she says in that essay. Um, I also like at the end where she's like, and I totally forgive myself for all of this. So we're going to talk to KJ Delantonia. And she used to edit the Motherload blog for the New York Times. Um, She also wrote a book called How to Be a Happier Parent. And I was having this conversation with Evan last night about how I've just been like down lately. And I think we all have. I think we're all feeling a little bit down and you know being isolated with children is really hard like no matter what age they are it's just it's hard and you start feeling really alone and um and i think she'd have really great advice 
in general um, on how to be a happier parent, but even like in times like these when we almost feel like desperate to be happier, like how do we do that? Yeah, no, that's that's a great point. Okay, well, let's take a quick break and then we'll get KJ on the line. How are things going, KJ? Not too bad. Considering. That's very positive. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I said it and then I was like, you you know, I just, you, I got to turn off that, like, that reflex. That's like, oh, fine. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I know. We, we talk a lot about the highs and lows of being a mother on here. And we were just actually talking about um, your book, How to Be a Happier Parent. And we were saying how this is like the perfect book right now to read because we are all just struggling. I feel like everyone who is a parent that's alone with their children right now is like, ah, how do I get happy? Yes, it's Help so us. hard. <laughs> I mean, it's just, and it's so funny because there are a couple of things in the book that I'm like, wow, I don't even probably need to sell this one. Like, I don't need to convince anyone that their kids need to do chores anymore because we're all just like weeping over. I mean, I literally threw a sink full of dishes into a garbage bag the other day. Then I had to go and oh, yeah. fish them out of the garbage bag, and it was all very embarrassing. But um, yeah, <laughs> I know our kids are young, um, so that you know, it's it's more like, hey, can you go throw this piece of trash in the trash can instead of like go do the dishes, right. which would be awesome for a two year old to just go do them. Yeah, but there's that knives really and things, cool. you know. <laughs> if you can figure that out, I think you could market it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's just, I guess, get into it here. How, what are some steps we could take right now in these crazy times to actually be happier parents? Well, the first thing is to just, you know, really be sure that we're paying attention to that wording there. We're trying for happier. We don't have to achieve actually happy. Um, But it's Mm. okay if we do achieve actually happy. So there's these kind of, this kind of really interesting balance that we have going on, which is it can feel like, I should not even try to make this better because things are so bad and they're so bad for other people. Like there's so much worse for other people. I just shouldn't even make it an effort. Um, And that's, you know, that's not a good way. It doesn't help anyone. It doesn't help anyone if we're all suffering more and people who are getting through this in the best possible positive way are going to be the people we need when we're able to get back out there and start making things Mm -hmm. normal again. So, you know, yay for trying. But on the other hand, happier, you know, you look at the situation that you've got and go, well, how can I make this thing better? How can and the, the two things that um, I have found as I've interviewed parents about trying to find their joy or their happiness is that you can generally change either your approach to the situation or sometimes you can change the situation. You usually, uh, you can't necessarily do both. So you got to look at it and go, well, is this something where, you know, if I could make something, like if there's something I could do to make things a little better, then yay, I'm going to try to figure out how to do it. But if there's not, I'm going to try to look at it differently. Mm, that's true. I like that. And I like that it is happier instead of just happy because for people like me, I think, oh, well, if I have to be this happy parent, I put so much pressure on myself to be like this like perfect Mm -hmm. parent. And you can't like, you can't be that 100% of the time. And then I would just be feeling down and like guilty myself and shaming myself for not being like 
what I think I'm supposed to be, which is like this ideal human, instead of just being like, how can I, like you said, just how can I just be, take a situation and just make it where I feel a little bit happier about it. I love that. Yeah. It's so important to remember that we don't need to pretend for our kids, even when they're really small, it's okay for them to see that we're stressed. Um, It's okay for them to see some anger when that's appropriate, whether it, you know, maybe it's uh, when your kids are really little, you typically doesn't do a lot of good to be angry at them. But if something is gone big time wrong, or maybe maybe there's been biting. That's a really good example. You know, letting them see that you are really upset by what they did is good. And in the same way, right now to let them see that you're kind of on a roller coaster of, remo- of emotions, it's fine. I mean, you, you don't need to, you know, you don't need to go all in with trying to drag them into it or anything like that. But it's good for our kids to know that sometimes we feel pretty good. And sometimes we don't, because what that means is that mm-hmm. it's okay if they feel that way. Mm-hmm. I, right. I agree. My daughter has seen me cry a few times, and she'll be like, Mommy, are you sad? And I tell her the truth. Yeah, Mommy's sad right now. It's okay. Mommy feels sad, too, sometimes. And sometimes Mommy cries, and it's okay to feel sad. Like, I always let her know. You know what's really interesting is they're going to, like, not remember too much about this, right? Probably this will be some of your two-year-olds, like, some of their first memories. Probably. Mm -hmm. And they're going to, you know, 15 years down the road, they're going to be like, yeah, I was alive then. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I went went through that. I am one of the people, I'm the survivor, I'm a survivor. (laughs) I think that's kind of funny. (laughs) Yeah, we've talked about that, like documenting this time because they will, they'll they'll see it in history books and we'll be like, yeah, Yeah. you lived through that. Yeah, here they were. I was actually um, very weirdly quarantined for the first time for some kind of illness uh, years ago for the H1N1 flu. And I was Mm. in China somewhat because of, well, we just were. We were trying to adopt our our fourth kid and we got swept up and and caught up in it and put in a hotel by Chinese authorities and there were hazmat suits. I mean, it was, it was, wow. What's a familiar story now, but at the time it was crazy. And my youngest was just barely three. And those are totally his first memories. And he's also a little cranky that his older siblings who were seven and five, um, are like, oh yeah, remember the dead fish floating in the fountain? And he's like, I don't remember. The oh dead my gosh. Fish floating in the- yeah. It was a really luxurious, um, establishment. <laughs> We, we've talked on here about like, how do you explain to your, you know, children what's going on? And, you know, I mean, ours are really young right now, but how did you explain to them, you know, when you guys were in that situation, what was going on? It's kind of interesting what they will accept. It's a little bit like when your kid says, you know, where was where did I come from? And you give them the facts of life and they were just looking for Chicago. <laughs> they were pretty happy. <laughs> Yeah, it's an old joke, but they were pretty happy with some simple facts, which were, you know, the the Chinese government wants us to stay here because they are afraid that this illness is going to make a lot of people sick and we might be spreading it because daddy has it, but daddy is going to be fine and because at the time the flu was, you know, we already knew it wasn't that big a deal, um, although it was mm-hmm. still scary. And we're just going to sit here. And do I know when we get to leave? No, we're going to do our best for it to be in 10 days. But meanwhile, 
you know, here we are and let's watch this awesome Chinese cartoon about the dish and the spoon and the sheep, which is another thing I can't explain. <laughs> yeah, that's mostly I I mean, obviously, like a two year old doesn't understand much, but it was the other day we drove to the grocery store and my husband went in and she wanted to go in. And I said, sure, you know, you, you can't go in because people are sick. And she was like, yes, mommy, people are sick. Like, and then like a couple hours later, she was like, we can't go anywhere because people are sick. And I was like, okay, well, at least we have like the basic fact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you got some like, vocabulary. She understands right? a little bit. Are you right. guys getting questions about the masks or are they have, are they not in a position to see them? Um, my parents own a store. So my grandma was wearing a mask the other day, but I explained before we went to, uh, we we drove by and I was like, grandma is going to come out, but she's going to have a mask on. And and she just thought it was really funny. Oh, cool. But yeah, so she wasn't, she wasn't scared. We actually, we also went to the doctor and the doctor had a mask on, but I think Mm -hmm. because grandma had one on, it wasn't like as scary. She thought it was like a funny accessory. That's like cute. she's playing hide and seek or something. That's cute. Right. It probably helped. Yeah, that's true. My daughter just thinks that everyone who's wearing a mask needs to see the doctor. So, and she has a little doctor kid at home. Mm. And so she's like stethoscope, thermometer. Like she thinks <laughs> they need to like have their like temperature taken, which maybe they do, but she, ex- she associates it with that. There you go. Craft opportunity. Yeah. Doll masks, <laughs> <laughs> which I might add could totally be made by cutting a piece of fabric and sticking some safety pins in it because we don't have to we don't, we don't yeah. have to go all in there. Um, I do want to talk about your time as a journalist, too, and talk about your essay, why I didn't answer my email, because I feel this one so hard. I feel like with everything that we have going on as parents like that my I don't I don't answer my emails like I'm so sorry and I have the best intentions but I'm I'm yeah. I'm parenting it's really a it's a really strange time um in sort of the world of of communicating with each other and now I'm not not talking about like right now and the whole COVID but just in general because um people that we probably would like and respect and feel, you know, only the utmost sort of, I guess, respect. I'm going to go with respect again for, they can reach out to us through various means like email or or Facebook or, or whatever. And it feels like we owe them a response because they're, you know, our fellow human beings and we all want to respond to our fellow human beings, but it really can get to be, there can just get to be too many things in there. So when I wrote the essay, um, why I didn't respond to your email, and it was basically entirely about uh, dealing with the people who were actually in my life and in my face, which is my family and my kids, as opposed to the (laughs) ones that were in my inbox. I didn't mean I wasn't responding to my mother, right? I I just meant sometimes, you know, you, you get an email and it is important and it isn't that it is meaningless, but you just you just can't. We've all got a max level of ability to respond. And I don't know about you two, but I'm a really there right now. I mean, I must, I have so many emails in my inboxes that I actually want to respond. And some of them are from friends, but by five, I am basically face down on the floor while the kids watch TV. Oh yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. I go to bed at seven 30 nowadays I'm- when my kids go to bed because I, my mental capacity is done. It is. It's just, it's, it's everything right now. It's crazy. 
Yeah, it's and it's so much it's even more so than it's ever like usually I used to be able to sort of go back to working or email or or the part of work for me that is social media, which is, you know, obviously easier, but still takes something out of you. I used to just be able to pop right back in there after dinner and spend a couple hours and it was pleasurable and it was fine. And now it's just like everything is too much. And as much as I want to maintain so many of these connections, and I really do, I, I find myself like, you know, not replying until it reaches the level of embarrassing. And it's, it's really hard. I have so many texts and emails that just sit there and I really do stew on them sometimes. You know, sometimes I'm too busy. Sometimes I don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I just don't want to respond. <laughs> you know? Sometimes, you know, um, it's that one from the friend that you really want to put some time and thought into. And then that's yes. the one you don't answer for like six weeks, it's which is so, so true. awful because <laughs> it's not why you didn't do it. I hate that. Also, sometimes I yeah, respond so, in my head. Sometimes, you know, even like, yes, I have a friend that loves to talk on the phone as opposed to text. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of times I'm like, I just can't answer that right now. And so I don't end up talking to her for a really long time because I just can't answer, even though, yes, I would love to know about your life and and talk. And when we finish the conversation, if we ever do, I feel so much closer and I have a smile on my face and all of that. But it's sometimes it's just like, I really don't. I, I am changing a kid's diaper and feeding this kid. And sometimes maybe I'm just sitting on the couch and it's the hour nap that the children have at the same time. And I just want that time for myself. And yeah. also that's okay. Yes, it is. You cannot give that time to everybody because that is, I mean, that's like the only thing you've got, right? You need right. that. You need to save something for yourself. I totally agree. Yeah, that kind of goes back to that happier thing. Like if that's what you need to feel a little bit happier, which is going to make your kids in turn happier kids, then yeah, you got to take that. You can't feel bad or feel sorry for taking care of yourself. I also love, I'm going to read the last part of your essay because I love this. It says, it's also possible that I will not, that I in fact will never answer your email. If that is the case, if the people and the places and the things around me still press upon me with more urgency than your email and so many others, I hope that you will forgive me. I have already forgiven myself. I love that so much. Thank you. Thank you. It's just beautiful writing and it's so true. It's so interesting because I think that one of the things that we're all going to take away from this incredibly wacky time is we're going to have learned that lesson, right? Um, And a feature of this time is that everyone in my house is home and apparently incapable of restraining the dog. So (laughs) I'm I'm so sorry, but he's outside barking and he won't go away. We have crying (laughs) children on this podcast. We have that happen all the time. Yeah. All right, so dog, fetching dog, hang on. We very intelligently chose to get a German Shepherd puppy and the older dogs, of which there are two, are fleeing him frantically. uh, Oh my God. Nearly all times. So it actually is super fun. But anyway, what I was saying was that I think that one of the takeaways from this time of being shut in is going to be all of us realizing why yes the people who we can actually physically be with 
mean so much to us. And as much as we love our phones and thank goodness for them because they are helping us get through this time, I don't, I mean, it's going to be months before I look at a phone when I could be looking at a person's face again, right? Because I'm really tired of my phone at this point. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. My, my, my phone is driving me crazy, especially when I look at the hours that I've spent on it. I'm like, oh, that's so bad. <laughs> I was on Instagram the other night and I messaged with someone and went and and said something about it. And now I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get off Instagram and I'm going to go read my book because it was late at night. And I don't know, about 20 minutes later, the person responded like, oh, it's a great book or whatever. And I was just like, oh, my God, I'm still here. This is so awful. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just keep waiting for it to give me good news and it never, ever, ever, ever does. I know. It's really sad. Right. One day it will. It will soon. It we're will. we're giving people good news today because we're telling them how to help navigate their selves a happier life. Yeah. There you go. We're providing good news. Yeah. We are. <laughs> and I mean, who they're really I I hate that sort of, yay, let's seize this time and let's organize our houses and this is our chance to do something or whatever. That is really frustrating to me because I'm not managing to achieve any of those things. But I will say oh, yeah, no. that having all my people around me so solidly is both um, a little bit overwhelming because I like my alone time, but also really lovely. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. We were talking about like, our friends who don't have children during this time, how actually if they're by themselves and we're like, oh, well, they got to do all these like things that, you know, without children, they have all this free time, they can get all this stuff done, but yet they don't have like my children during this time are like my source of joy, you know, like they give me something to look forward to every day. Like I have a routine, like I have to get up by this time because people need me. And it yeah. almost gives me that like, it gives me that sense of routine in a way, which is really nice that some people don't have. And it's just like, and it is, they're just like my, they're my source of joy. I don't know what I would do without them right now. Well, there is a lot of research out there that shows that um, when we feel needed and important and like a, a really valued part of other people's lives, we are happier. And <laughs> kids certainly give you that. So I think... Um, it, it would be kind of challenging to find this gives us a way to find meaning in every day. I don't want to, I, I, I think I could manage somehow, but uh, I don't know. It's, it's hard to, it's hard to sort of imagine that alternate reality. It would just be different, but it is nice to have this sort of thing that is unchanging also. I mean, it doesn't mm -hmm. matter what mm -hmm. happens in the external world. You're still, like you said, you still got to get up at the same time and the diapers are still going to have to be changed and the food has still got to be made. Um, I don't know about you all, but I miss the help that I used to have with some of that stuff, but yes, um, that's okay too. Yeah, I know. My uh, mother-in-law lives 20 minutes away from us and she used to help us on the weekend so much. And my husband and I could go do something on our own or like go to the movies or go on a date. And, and it's so rewarding for our kids as well. Like my daughter adores her grandma. And so right. like, I miss that help. I'm like, Oh my God, when can she just come over? You know? <laughs> I know. But, yeah. And I have, you know, been lucky enough for a long time to be able to pay someone else to clean my house. And that's just not mm -hmm. possible right now. Although I am still paying the person that I, that I pay and I 
I feel so lucky to be able to do that because I would feel really bad if we were leaving that our, her in the lurch, but, mm-hmm. but she can't come. Um, right. And so here we are and it's a big house and we are now eating all our meals in it. And it's just getting, I mean, it's, it's really overwhelming. Now my kids are older. So I went from, um, I really want you guys to help. But if they didn't, oh, well, because Heather was coming and the toilet would get cleaned to this is the toilet brush. This is how you <laughs> use it. And if you, I mean, just like, look at my face. I need you to do this. Um, <laughs> I think I'm a little scary at this point. Um, I wanted to ask you, there's, you know, you obviously are a working mother, what do you have any advice for the parents that are like not used to being at home with their kids and they're working on how to like navigate that? Yeah, you would think it would be easier for me because I, I'm used to working at home, but I'm just not used to having them here. So the advice, right. yeah, I have a couple of pieces of, of advice and I think we're all rightly l- relaxing screen time at this point because It's just one of the things we have, but it's also a tool in the working parents toolbox. And you got to be careful with it because the truth is there is only so much Peppa Pig any child can watch. I know it doesn't feel like we could possibly reach that maximum, but what you really don't want is to reach that maximum when you're about to go into a Zoom call. So I don't think we need to worry about like, so screen time very much from like our children's mental. I think it's all going to be fine from our health perspective, but you need to keep the freshness Mm -hmm. of some things. So maybe find one thing or one show or one toy or one video or one game that your kid only uses when you are working. That might be a really good strategy. And then the other thing that I tell parents that's been a really hard lesson for me to learn is not to um, not to try to do both at once. So don't sit in the living room half answering emails for three hours and half you know playing yes. with your kid or interacting with your because you both end up frustrating. It, for, I'm sorry, you, you do both end up frustrating, but you end up frustrated because. It'll be better most of the time. I mean, there are exceptions to this. You know, sometimes you're sitting in front of the TV with your emails and your kid and it's Dora the Explorer and whatever. But for the most part, it's better to just keep a clean, like, I'm going to spend an hour on this and then I'm going to spend an hour with you or two hours and one hour, whatever, whatever you've got. Typically, you end up feeling much like you're being pulled in multiple directions. You end up feeling a lot less frazzled at the end of the day when you force yourself to just focus on one piece of your world at a time. Mm. That's so true. Yeah, no, I I think that's great advice because I find myself, if I'm trying to do multiple things like that at once, especially like working from home and taking care of a kid, I'm not giving 100% of myself to anything and everything's crap. <laughs> my parenting's crap. Yeah. My work is crap. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, and then you are, <laughs> then you feel, then you feel like crap. Well, the awful thing is that every full-time work at home parent, every writer, everyone who is full-time work at home for any reason knows it is not a substitute for childcare. You, you can't do both at once. That is not how that is not how this works. You're not going to satisfy your employers. You're not going to satisfy your readers. If that's who you are, you're not going to satisfy your kids. And yet, and yet 
here we all are. I mean, nobody has a built-in babysitter at this point or very few of us. And I don't, maybe nobody, I don't know. I keep wondering, I keep asking myself, like, (laughs) are there some people who somehow like kept their name? I mean, and how would you do that? And that's not really fair to the, anyway. um, (laughs) I do do know people who like, I've, I've seen like in Instagram bloggers who have said like they, they were quarantined with their nanny, but I don't know how true that is, but I was like, Oh, how must be lovely. That might be nice. That'd be nice. (laughs) Yeah. That, that would definitely help. I think that's <laughs> yes. pretty rare. So here we all are, and the only babysitter we've got left is Peppa Pig. And um, that's, <laughs> that, that's really so challenging true. and possibly illegal. Not not from a screen perspective, but because Peppa Pig is, yeah, you know, a pig. My, and my daughter four. has watched so much Peppa Pig that she now says the name George, like George. She goes, oh, that's really cute. I go, what's Peppa Pig's little brother's name? She goes, baby George. I'm like, oh, that's really cute. That is his name. I used to use, I used to read Bella's Peppa Pig books at night in a British accent. And I thought I was really good at it. That's cute. But I've given it up since. (laughs) Um, Speaking of reading though. um, Okay. So you, obviously we talked about, you wrote um, how to be a happier parent, but you also have a new book coming out called the chicken sisters. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I would love to. So the chicken sisters is my first novel and I am so, I'm so excited about it. Um, Writing fiction is something I've been working at for years and years running from arguably for years and years and years. Uh, you know, the nonfiction was just felt safer to me, but I finally, uh, I finished my novel and it's coming out in June and I'm delighted. So the chicken sisters Mm -hmm. is the story of two small town sisters, one who stays and one who goes and mm. the uh, the fateful summer when they decide to use a reality TV sh- food competition between the two fried chicken restaurants in their small town to finally resolve their ongoing feud about which of them made the better life choices. Because, you know, oh that's, my gosh, that's so funny. Totally going to work for them. Um, yeah. So it's really it's a fun read, but with a lot of. It's kind of funny because some of the same stuff that we've talked about here and the stuff that I talk about in Happy Parent totally came out in the novel. It's really about how hard it is to figure out what makes you happy and how we have this strong tendency to look to other people and go, well, that makes them happy. So maybe that would make me happy. Um, and it just it just doesn't work. No, that's true. I feel like I feel like we all that's can, very true. I feel like we all can relate to that right now, too. Like all of us, our lives are like so the same, but so different right now. And we're all trying to like navigate what makes us happy. Yeah. And I mean, what makes us happy? And it it almost feels like we ought to be able to figure out better now that a lot of the noise is gone. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, for parents who have kids that they have to to drive at places or people who have jobs with commuting, it feels like a lot of the the non-essential stuff has fallen away or gone away. And therefore we should be able to like figure out what's essential to our happiness. But I, I think most of us are finding that it is still, it's still hard. Oh yeah. And some of what makes us happy is turns out maybe to be some of that stuff that we thought we weren't liking very much. Um, where can people find you? And I know you have a podcast called hashtag M writing. Uh, where can they find that as well? 
Sure. I have a podcast, Hashtag M Writing, co-hosted with Jessica Leahy and Rena Bowen. To, uh, one, one of them writes romance. One of them is a nonfiction journalist. And we're weekly on iTunes. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also find me on Instagram. I do a series called um, uh, Books That Won't Bum You Out, where every week I do a little IGTV video about a book that will be a fun and distracting read and not suddenly sock you in the gut and makes you sad. Because if I want that from a book, I need to know it's coming. <laughs> oh, and That's it's, awesome. Yeah. Anyway, so my, my Instagram is at KJDA. And then you can, I'm super easy to find everywhere else because if you even start trying to find KJ, to spell KJ Del Antonia, you can't go very far wrong before you find me. Awesome. <laughs> it turned out I love a really it. hard it, name to have as a kid, but it turned out to be great once. Uh, I was going to say, it's such a great author name. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you so, so much for being with us, KJ. We so appreciate you coming on Mommy's Tell All. Thank you guys. It was really, really fun. Oh my gosh. Well, that was absolutely amazing. I, again, I love shining some positive light on these dark times. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. We love you. Thank you guys. We'll see you next week. Westwood One Podcast Network.